You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Yeah, what a great privilege to be with you folks here at Mapleview this morning. Susan and I are so glad uh, that we're able to be with you on a Sunday. My last time here was during a sports camp, which uh, Pastor Jay and I have some interest in uh, the sports world, and uh, I'm involved in sports ministry to this day. I know I look at so anyways, uh, but working to develop chaplaincy for athletes at different global events. And uh, so it's nice to be here uh, when you're all here. And uh, Mapleview is such a strong part of our fellowship uh, in its efforts, both in the Western Ontario area, but also globally. And so I'm really enthused to be here and to give you a bit of a perspective of uh, our Fellowship of Churches at Mission, both here in Canada and around the world. So I want to talk to you this morning about our alignment for uh, mission. And uh, to start with, our Pentecostal fellowship indicates that we want to glorify God by making disciples where? Well, if we could have that slide up. By making disciples everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's our vision. Are you happy to be part of a fellowship of churches, 1,200 disciple-making communities, uh, close to 300,000 people that are aligned for mission to everywhere? Because that's what we're talking about this morning. We do it by proclaiming, so we do believe in a message that is good news, and it's centered on Jesus, the unique, the one and only, who by him we find a right relationship with God, but also practicing the gospel. So as Pastor Jay was just mentioning about Erdo and other aspects of doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly, not just uh, at emergency sites, but here in Barrie with neighbor, right? We practice the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Spirit. Have you ever tried to change a life with your own powers and abilities? Uh, I couldn't even get my kids to clean up their bedroom when we had kids at home. You know, now they're finding out what it's like because they can't get their kids to clean up. You know, if I can't convince somebody to clean up their bedroom, how am I going to convince them to clean up their life, right? So you need to know that in the spirit and in the spirit realm, for people to come to living faith, for them to be whole in Jesus, we are so desperate on the person of the Holy Spirit. Moms and dads, you're so desperate on the person of the Spirit for your household and for your kids to be impacted by the good news of Jesus. We just cannot lose that, and it drives us to dependency on God and His Spirit to do what only God can do. So we believe this. Now, when we go to Matthew 24, and we see that we're living in times like Jesus uh, spoke of, uh, Jesus gives these signs of the times that uh, were true from the day he was living right through to 2023. And we're confronted by what he prophesied about throughout Matthew 24 and then into Matthew 25. And he said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be 
save. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony of all nations, and then the end will come. We are living in amazing times where the family of God globally, from so many different uh, strands of the family of God, Pentecostal, charismatic, evangelical, uh, charismatic renewal people in different movements, literally hundreds of millions of people are aligning and believe that in these times like Jesus uh, spoke of, and that we're confronted by wherever we live on the planet. We also have a sense in the spirit that we've been raised for such a time and that this could well be that time that Jesus prophesied when the gospel will go to the ends of the earth and then he would come. Please hear me. I'm not setting dates but there is this strong sense over this decade. As we come to the 2000th anniversary of when Jesus ministered on the earth and when he get, laid down his life and when he rose triumphantly on the third day and then when he called his followers together and as he ascended, he promised that he would pour out his Holy Spirit. Why? So that we could be on his mission so that we could fulfill his purpose, that the good news would be shared. And he projected to a time when it would go to everyone on the planet. And we live in such a time that the gospel can go to absolutely everyone on the planet. Isn't that amazing? And you're seeing unity in the family of God. I just want you to hear this. You're seeing unity in the family of God globally like we haven't seen, at least in my lifetime, and probably is unique to the history of the church. Because people, no matter where they're arising from, no matter what their Christian communion has been, they are sensing something bigger than just being a Pentecostal something just bigger than being an evangelical, something than just being part of a renewal movement. They're sensing the most important thing that is on our lives. What we are identified is, is that we are sons and daughters of the living God, and together we are brothers and sisters in Christ for his glory. I want you to hear that clearly. I'm in those contexts. I'm in those places where you're just shaking your head. It's like all the walls are coming down. For instance, I have the privilege of serving as vice chair of the Pentecostal World Fellowship, representing over 100 million believers on the planet. And uh, the Spirit has spoken to us. And so we write, the Pentecostal World Fellowship encourages its members, that would include us, to work towards fulfilling the Great Commission in this generation. We affirm the numerous 2033 initiatives focused on everyone hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, you'd have to see the breadth of these different movements, fellowships, special organizations, Lausanne, World Evangelical Association, PWF, so many others aligned for this purpose. We call upon our member congregations. Hey, that'd be you, Maple View. Are you ready? Here's what we're calling you to do. 
We're calling you to mobilize prayer, leadership, compassion, resources, to contact every unreached person. We believe the next 10 years will be the greatest decade of fulfilling the mandate of Jesus as together, empowered by the Spirit, we proclaim the good news and establish new churches. So let me bring it back to our family that Maple View is such an important part of with us. How are we aligning permission to see this massive goal achieved? Well, the first, and it's not said in any kind of uh, small manner, is that we are believing that we will see such a renewal and revival of prayer so that every church is a house of prayer. Jesus' call that his people, their gathering, the church, the ecclesia, would be a house of prayer for all nations. Isn't that interesting what Jesus called for? A house of prayer for all nations. Well, for such a time. And again, I, I don't say this lightly. Please, you know, I've been, I came to the Lord as a kid brought into the Pentecostal church. I don't have lots of pedigree. I, you know, I, I don't have a tattoo, PAOC stamp somewhere on my body. But I am just so convinced of what Jesus taught and what the scriptures indicate about how we can't go it alone how we need first love, how we cannot be those that Jesus prophesied that also in the end times. Think about the absolute paradox that in these end times where many are leaving first love, like the church in Ephesus, that at the same time, many would move towards first love to the place of dependency and prayer and would take his gospel to all nations. Now, which one do you want to be? Dad, mom, grandma, grandpa, son, daughter, student? Do you want to be those that are drifting from first love with Jesus? When they put me in a box, you know, I'm going to a good friend's memorial next Sunday. And, you know, it strikes you. You don't know how much time you got. But when you hear Dave Wells is gone, and they have me in a box somewhere, I think Sue will let me have a box. Anyways, they put me in a box somewhere. I want you to know that I died the most red hot in love with Jesus and appreciative of the cross and intimate in his presence and loving the work of the Spirit than I had ever in my entire life experienced. I want to die red hot in love with Jesus. And you see, our, our drivenness to be a house of prayer, to be a place of worship, and not just when we're gathered like this, but just that throughout all of us is that place of intimacy and prayer and dependency and intercession. It's absolutely essential if we're going to see the good news go everywhere. It's not just a system or a program. It's a spiritual work. Think of the walls we need broken down globally. Think of the walls we need broken down in Canada. Intercession, prayer, 
people who live out first love. Moms and dads, I can't appeal to you enough. Live out first love in front of your kids and your young people. Let them see what it looks like not to be flaky, not to be, you know, somebody way up hanging in the chandeliers, but at the same time, passionately knowing who Jesus is, passionately living his life out in front of our sons and our daughters and our grandsons and our granddaughters. My youngest granddaughter, Sloan, has her birthday today. Lord Jesus, may she see passionate first love in those that she follows in her family. That's where I come from. Because otherwise, mission doesn't happen. The opposite happens. What Jesus prophesied, that others depart from first love. Well, how will you choose? Sorry to be so urgent about this, but there's no mission without passionate love for Jesus. And intercession and spirit empowerment, that's what we strongly believe. The other thing as we move on is to be aligned for mission. We know that we need to pour in to next generations in discipleship and mentorship and honor the gifting and call that those that are younger than us have, even for the next decade, you know, to see. Everything I do now as a general superintendent, honest, everything I do is done to provide a platform for those that are younger than me. For over 40 plus years, Susan and I and all of our ministry involvements, whether local churches or districts or whatever, it's always been with a lean towards the young. It's like this gospel has to outlast us. And so it's genuinely the cry of my heart that I would lay my life down and provide a platform so that those younger than myself and the next gen of young men and young women that are here today, that you would rise and go way beyond anything we've ever seen before in the life of the church in Canada and globally. Rise. And you see, when a young man or a young woman, like we have Susan's book today, A Place at My Table, I strongly urge, and there'll be a couple illustrations that come out of this, because in the end, mission is about the one person, the young girl growing up in Campbellton, New Brunswick, with no knowledge of the living God, the young boy growing up in Edmonton, Alberta, the oldest of five kids, and no one going to church. It's somebody comes along and sees that little girl and sees that little guy and says they have destiny, they have purpose, they have calling. We're going to stir up the gifting and calling that is in them because they're called for God's purposes. And that gets in you like a hook. And when you know that, and when you stir that up, as Paul wrote to Timothy, you no longer have a spirit of fear or timidity, but you have a sense of power, love, and a sound mind. You live your life on purpose. And young men and young women, for this vision of the church united in mission, touching everyone on the planet, we need you to hear the call he has on your life, to rise, rise, and become all that you're called to be. 
You've been raised for such a time. Now, you don't have to end up looking like doing what I do or what Susan does or Pastor, or anybody I could point out here. Go to the other planet, parts of the planet like Mike or go onto the streets of Perdiaboro like Scott. You know, we're all doing what we got hooked to do. But we're doing it because we believe that others can be equipped and built to go beyond and become all that Jesus calls them to be. I'm not here as a superstar. Nobody's here as a superstar. We're here as servants of the living God to see you become all that Jesus calls you to be, to come to living faith, to be alive in him, to hear him say, son, daughter, I have a purpose for you, and you can make a difference on this planet in times like these. You don't have to live in fear, timidity. In Jesus' name, I prophesy that right now for some who are captivated by fear and timidity. Please hear the voice of the Spirit today. You are free from the spirit of fear. There is power, love, and soundness of mind for you to fulfill all that Jesus calls you to be. Calls you to be. No more, but no less. Because it's the best place to live. And so, Lord Jesus, hear our cry for our sons and daughters again today. Lord, this passion is not stridency. It's not forcing. It's not trying to bully people. Lord, it's from the heart of laying one's life down and praying, Lord, that our sons and our daughters will be captivated by how you love and how you call and how you give purpose and how we make a difference in your kingdom when we do what you've called us and gifted us to do. Lord, raise up the callings in Mapleview from the youngest to the oldest, we pray. In Jesus' name. Next, we talk about vital churches who multiply locally, regionally, globally. We believe in the local church. We believe in Mapleview. We also believe vital churches multiply. So we are part of the World Assemblies of God Fellowship. I was just at our global congress where we gathered in Madrid, Spain, and we have, over the last couple years in response to a vision for 2033, developed some very specific about church multiplication. We covenant together as brothers and sisters in Christ in a collective pursuit of growing this global fellowship towards one million churches. Currently, just under 400,000 churches are in the WAGF globally. In other words, we're believing for over 600,000 new disciple-making communities by 2033, next 10 years. Sounds big, doesn't it? In Madrid, my friend from Tanzania, the general superintendent there, um, stood up and, and led the African caucus as they described the multiplication they're seeing and then what they're trusting in its enhancement over the next uh, 10 years. And they said, uh, we're convinced that of this remaining 600,000 plus, we can meet one-third of that goal. So we just want to tell the rest of you, don't worry about that one-third. We got it handled. And you know what? They're serious. Because I was in that brother's great 80th anniversary celebration in Arusha, Tanzania, where they announced 
that they had to apologize that they had not reached their 10-year goal because they went from just under 3,000 churches to 9,984, and they were shooting for 10,000. They missed by 16 churches, but they grew by almost 7,000. You know what I'm saying? And I honor, you are tied to such amazing global partners worldwide. But it challenges us back home, doesn't it? To be about the mission of seeing vital churches multiply in Barrie, throughout Ontario. And disciple-making communities take on different forms now and are planted in different ways. But it does have to be visible, tangible people who represent Jesus to their community. Because they'll see that we are Christians by our love. They'll see us together. They'll see what we do together. They'll see us in unity, you see. So it's important to be tangible. So we are calling our fellowship to be about an enhanced mission in Canada that includes church multiplication. But with that, we also understand that our mission in Canada, like never before, requires creative ministry and to be on mission in our own country. And we have missional workers from Mission Canada and other means that are on mission with our own country because our estimate is that vital, healthy churches do attract and draw people to become part of the gospel and part of church. But there are, excuse me if this sounds a little far-fetched, there are a majority of Canadians that will not be reached unless we go as Jesus went. And John 1.14 says that Jesus came and lived amongst us. He went out amongst us. He pitched his tent, and he was full of grace and truth. The Canadian context needs truth. In some ways, there's so many contexts where it seems like the blind are leading the blind. But you do not present truth with anger and frustration and expect change. You are the people of God. And like our Savior, we come full of gracious truth. We come full of going and being among. We find the lady by the well. We find the guy hanging up in the tree who represents so much that needs to be transformed in the society. And Jesus went and was among and called people out full of gracious truth. Say that phrase with me, online and in person. Say gracious truth. Gracious truth. That's your Lord. Okay, it doesn't mean it's not truthful. doesn't mean it's not spirit-empowered. Of course it is. But it's also full of grace. You see him on the cross? We're celebrating that coming up to 2033, 2,000 years of representing that cross to the world. Gracious truth. And so we go and are among Canadians. 
Sue and I still have a family home that our daughter and her family live, and we have another set of kids living in British Columbia. Over 50% of those living in BC say they have no religious affiliation at all. Some of them will be drawn to it, churches that are alive and vibrant and that invite them, but the more majority, you've got to go be among and earn their trust by living out gracious truth. So I honor Scott and Wendy today. I honor others from our Mission Canada team and others that go out from churches and live among. That's why I'm involved in sports chaplaincy. I have contacts with Canadians and other people that I would never have if I didn't show up somewhere else among fellow Canadians. And that's the spirit you have as you go to school, as you go to work, as you're in your neighborhood. Gracious truth lived out amongst Canadians. So we go to everyone. We call this the repersonalization of the gospel. We are calling all of us to recapture a passion and the aptitude to be his witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and what will you be? His witnesses. You will be empowered to share this good news. The majority of our fellowship of churches, the people within them, do not share the gospel personally. We know that for a fact. We've participated in nationwide surveys and people's attitudes towards, and somehow we've come to a conviction that the faith is primarily about some moral therapy that we receive and some enthusiasm and maybe inspiration for ourselves or our families or good education for our kids. You know, those are all true. <laughs> but what's the mission of the church? What's at the core? It's that each of us appropriate to the calling and gifting God gives us, empowered by the Spirit, we go and we bring good news that sets people free, that sees my neighbor delivered of the things that bind them, lifts off the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, and puts them in right relationship with God and know the presence of God in their lives and knows what it's like to have the Almighty say, I love you and I call you my son, my daughter. And to be in right relationship with others so that in unity we can present that there is a community that belongs to the living God and can represent him well. That's purpose. That's something to live for to bring people into right relationship with God and right relationship with one another. You've been raised for such a time. In 2023, if you're living, breathing, and you know Jesus, you have a purpose and a passion to live for. And we're not to be afraid, but we're supposed to be full of power, love, and soundness of mind as we go about it. So yeah, we are calling our fellowship out of the lethargy that has kept us from 
being living epistles, known and read of all people. We are asking the Spirit of God to raise up a passion that says, I so want Jesus to see. I remember a few years ago pastoring in Hamilton and the big hit song back then, I think it was Sandy Patty, People Need the Lord. Anyone ever sing that song? Some of you are too young, you would not have a clue. But anyways, I remember entire rooms that couldn't sing that without weeping and getting down on their knees and beginning to intercede because they knew fellow Canadians needed the Lord. Lord, renew our passion for those who do not know you so that they would come into right relationship with you. And they would be raised to the purposes you created them to have. And the evil one would not be able to display them as a trophy about how he comes to rob, steal, and destroy. But we'd be able to hold up one another's life and see, see what God does. See what God does. He liberates. He sets free. That's our passion. That's our passion for everyone. No one gets missed. No student gets missed. No childhood kid gets missed. The Lord made sure Susan and I didn't get missed. Susan was brought into the influence of the gospel by a cousin of her dad's who took her into a closet and prayed a prayer of dedication and said, Lord, somehow bring someone into her life so that she will know you, and then she didn't see her for another 14 years. But the Lord brought Emma into her life. Sue describes it here about how Emma, even though she was in a wheelchair because of polio and couldn't get outside of the house, wanted to be a world changer. So what did she do? She invited kids to come in after school and have sandwiches and so on, and she read Bible stories to them. And it planted a seed in Susan's heart so that as she did her, now I lay me down to sleep, prayer. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God filled her bedroom in Campbellton, New Brunswick, and said, I want you to come to me. And she got back down on her knees. And a transformation happened in her life that then got passed on and got passed on and passed on. And I want you to understand that it goes from one to another to ten to a hundred when transformation happens in our lives, it can transform entire families and communities. And yes, we believe by 2033, it can go around the world to everyone. But we have to reawaken this passion for the good news to get to everyone. To everyone. And so globally, we are involved in reaching the least reached and the most vulnerable. You heard about the most vulnerable through Erdo and so on, but that's such a strong part of the command that we are given. We understand that the main things that we always focus on, whether we're walking through you know, health lockdowns, or we, we focus on main things. We focus on, we love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we love neighbor as ourselves. And therefore, empowered by the Spirit, we go and we see people become disciplined followers of Jesus 
so that they too would be lovers of God and lovers of others. And we do it with justice and with mercy and note with humility because we are representatives of the Most High, the God whose throne is both righteousness and justice. And he has lived that out with perfect harmony and wholeness. So we as the people of God want to demonstrate right relationship with God, right relationship with neighbor, and demonstrate the justice and mercy of God to all. And so we go to the least reached. Frankly, it's only just that we go to those who do not have the good news. They should have it too, right? So right now we're in a phenomenal season of the Lord providing multiple creative ways to get to the least reached. In our Pentecostal World Fellowship gathering in Amsterdam in June, we heard presentations that, well, they blew my tweeters because I got old tweeters, but anyways, you know, of the digital mission and the opportunities for digital engagement. So you want to pray and be part of a house of prayer? Here at Mapleview, you'll be able to pray by name and address for people in restricted access nations and be able to pray with knowledge about how to pray so that the good news goes to them digital mission will take place. It will become every one having opportunity to be transformed by our gracious Jesus and the power of his spirit. How do you want to live your next 10 years? That's how I want to live it. In alignment with my wife and my family, I want to live the good news out with neighbor, with fellow Canadians, to other nations, and live it out so that even those who seem unreachable are reached. Now that's something worth living for. That's something worth giving your all for. Lord, raise up from Mapleview Community Church people that will live for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.